Well, hey everyone, welcome to Trust the Trail. We are your outdoor guides, Ariane Pichucci and Scott Jans. This is episode 203. Moose are cranky. Be ready to run. In this episode, we report on some trail news around the country for the month of January 2022. What national park is raising backcountry permit fees? Appalachian through hikers may be incurring a new fee to hike through the Shenandoahs. What's up with that? What is the most isolated national park in the country and the only one that closes completely to all visitors in the winter? And finally, what's up with the moose in Denali National Park? Why are they so cranky? And according to national park officials, paranoid. We also share our first ever live audio Q&A with our Facebook group members. What did we talk about? You can always join in on the discussion on our Facebook group page. Just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Trust the Trail podcast and join our podcast family. Come out, hang out with us and become a part of our community. We want to welcome a new sponsor to Trust the Trail podcast for the entire year of 2022. Gaia GPS. Plan your next off-grid backcountry adventure and expedition with Gaia GPS desktop or iOS app trail route planner you can find a link to become a member on trustthetrailpodcast.com episode 203 just click on the banner just for our trust the trail listeners you get the first year for only 31.99 now it's normally like 40 bucks the cool thing about gaia gps is that you can download download offline maps you can make your own maps you can track your route there are hundreds and hundreds of already GPS tracked routes that you can download and then follow offline to go on your next backcountry adventure or plan an adventure yourself. In full disclosure, Gaia GPS, at no cost to you, offers us a commission for each new member that joins. I've already created several maps that's super easy to use. In the process of mapping out some of the Sycamore Wilderness Canyon, Sedona, and some of the really cool trails that are out here. Of course, they're already uploaded on Gaia GPS also. Just go to TrustTheTrailPodcast.com, episode 203, and click on that and become a member. So we're starting a new part of the show called Trail News. This will be a bi-weekly show in addition to our regular podcast. You can check out individual shows on our YouTube channel and or individual audio episodes on our Patreon page. They always come out first. And moving forward to 2022, we are looking for guest hosts, which means if you want to host on a podcast or become a podcast member for an episode, we would love for you to be a guest host on Trust the Trail. Just shoot me an email on our Trust the Trail podcast page and mention guest host. Just go to the contact page on that website. We also did our first Facebook live audio chat last week and took questions live. Our topic was Appalachian Trail Q&A. We had a blast. It was just Ariana and myself. Everyone is always welcome to come and join if you are a member in our Facebook uh, community group. We do this live. It's raw. I mean, you know, it, it's really, it was really a lot of fun. We're still going to work out some kinks, but uh, I want you to listen to a sample. Here's a quick sample of our first live audio chat. I think in the long run, it would be really cool to 
possibly have like a scheduled time so that people can expect it and uh, possibly engage more. I know this is brand new to us. This is um, kind of a, a go at a test to see how this does and and to see what kind of topics people are interested in doing. Um, so I'm excited to see how this goes because uh, this is really cool that you and I can do this from two separate states currently and connect with a, a larger audience. I love this platform. Well, not yep. Facebook per se, but a platform that allows you to really connect and engage like this. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see where this goes. Yeah, I, I am too. I'm very excited to see where this goes. Um, uh, I think the bigger question is, um, are you or do you have any plans to change your Facebook uh, profile picture? <laughs> no, it's been on there for a couple of years. I don't think so. Well, I don't have time for that. Well, you know, like when you look at it, because, you know, your picture's you know, kind of small in a circle right now. It looks like either uh, you're so scared you're covering your face or you're eating like, like a huge wad of food and you're trying to shove the whole thing in your mouth at the same time. Um, I know it is in the I Royal shelter and you're just drinking coffee. But <laughs> All right. Well, we'll look into that. Gina asked, how long ago did each of you do the AT? I'm 50 and way out of shape. Uh, so that means nothing. Uh, I don't mean it means nothing. I mean, out of shape. Uh, I will tell you that it will get you into shape for sure. Um, but there are ways to really prep appropriately, uh, to be able to do that. Even if it's just a section hiker or, or just to get those feet, feet moving. But, uh, to answer your question, um, I have not done the entire trail itself. Um, it's not something that I've had a huge desire to do, uh, but I did do a portion of it. I did over 300 miles of it um, on a whim, just uh, just for fun, and that was a couple years ago. So we're going to try to do this every Tuesday evening at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. No topic is off limits. That could be kind of scary. Our first live chat, I think it went pretty well. Um, I'm sure as we continue, work, we'll work out some of the Facebook kinks. Um, we, and, and it's not our topic. It can be your topic. The cool thing is everybody has a voice. Everybody can come in that's a member of our Facebook group has a voice. So it doesn't have to be our topic. It can be your topic. It's anything that you want to talk about. And quite frankly, just because we create a topic, that doesn't mean it has to be the topic. So... Um, we're going to always schedule these rooms, so uh, look for it on our Facebook group and look for uh, a scheduled room for Tuesday, 8 o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time. That's 8 o'clock p.m., and of course, it'll be 6 o'clock p.m. In, um, out on the West. So I think it'll be pretty good. I'm looking forward to it, and we'll, we'll kind of see where it goes. So here we go. Trail news for the month of January 2022. Beginning April 1st, 2022, Everyone who wants to hike the infamous Angels Landing Trail in Zion National Park, well, you're going to need a permit to do it. The only way to secure a permit is to be awarded one through a lottery run by the National Park Service. Overcrowding on the trail creates a safety hazard because the trail is narrow and runs along the edge of a sheer cliff. Yeah, I've done it. Ariana's done it. Um, it's pretty cool, but it's also, 
extremely crowded and extremely dangerous when everybody is bottlenecked over a cliff. Um, using a lottery to distribute permits to hike the trail will reduce crowding, says the National Park Service, on the trail and also be fair to other visitors. How the lottery will work? The permit system will be used specifically for the narrowest part of Angel's Landing hike. So this is the part, you can hike all the way up to Angel's Landing, but at some point in time, you're, that's where the bathrooms are. Then you kind of start going over um, the side of a ridge, and then that is the narrows hike from there. And that's where the lottery is going to start from there. Um, so uh, which is the section with the chain handrail? There will be two lotteries. One will be seasonal, while the other one will be the day before your planned hike. Each drawing will cost $6 per person to enter, and people who win must pay a $3 per person fee. That will cost the cover of running the lottery and for rangers to check permits on the trail. So that's radically different than when we went to Zion last year. Um, and those changes are coming beginning April 1st, 2022, when Zion National Park really starts uh, starts uh, their summer uh, their summer season. So for the seasonal lottery, you'll be able to pick uh, seven ranked days and times that you would like to hate hike Angels Landing. You can earn, you can learn more about the seasonal lottery. I'm going to post a link right below so you can go and check that out and plan your trip to Zion. If you are interested in the daily lottery, you can apply for a permit the day before your planned hike on or after April 1st, 2022. The lottery will open every day at 12.01 a.m., and closes at 3 p.m. Mountain Time. So that's a big change uh, to Zion to uh, combat a little bit of the overcrowding that's going on. Visitors to Bryce Canyon National Park can expect fee changes beginning in 2022. Here we go. According to the statement from the National Park Service, the fee changes will affect campground reservations and backcountry permits. Backcountry permits are going to be $10 permit fee and then $5 per person per day. So if you're going to go for an extended time, if you're going to go with a couple people, buckle up. It can get a little pricey pretty quick. 80% of the backcountry fees collected by Bryce Canyon are retained by the park to fund backcountry permit operations and search and rescue operations. So I think that's one of the key with all these new people going out in the last two years. Been a high demand for search and rescue they're going out that's costing the park more and so they're raise, raising their fees to cover that co uh, covering that cost backcountry fees also provide the free loans of wildlife resistant food containers as well as backcountry campsite signage and trail maintenance so there you go in 2021, Yellowstone National Park, we were there, set a record for most visited month and early in its nearly 150-year history, and that month was July. We were there in July. With almost 1.1 million recreation visits. Also last year, Arcadia National Park in Maine received more than 4 million visitors for the first time. In response to that stampede, officials introduced a reservation system to help them control the number of people who can enter the park or access specific roads or trails in a single day. 
everything's going to be on reservation.gov, people. Here it comes. Uh, no more first come or first serve. I think that's going away. Stephanie Rowlett, a public affairs specialist with the National Park Service, said by email, as a result, parks are exploring many different tools and techniques that are most effective for their situation to help improve how visitors get to and from and experience popular park resources and features. Which, in other words, they're raising fees and they're going to they're gonna start choking everything down. Um, get ready for some big changes with how you reserve a campsite. It's all going to be on reservation.gov. Roulette also said that depending on the park or activity, visitors should start planning months in advance. Months in advance. Which is weird because some of the backcountry campsites only let you reserve 30 days ahead of time. So they're going to have to get their act together. Um, so uh, that's huge. National Park Service announced that new fees will be implemented over the next two years for certain Shenandoah National Park activities. Here comes the Appalachian Trail, guys. Additional or increased payments from campers, backcountry campers, and old rag hikers will be used to fund projects and services at the park. According to the Park Service release, there will be an increase in camping fees, the implement implementation of fees for backcountry campers, and a pilot program for one-day hiking passes to access Old Rag. I've hiked Old Rag Mountain before. It was great. A lot of people back then around the mountain. I would imagine there's even more now. So from now on, you're going to need a day pass to hike Old Rag Mountain. These will be in addition to the standard entry for one-day hiking passes to access Old Rag. Um the camping fees, uh, which currently range from $15 to $20, had not seen an increase since 2007. They will increase to, the camping fees will increase to $30 for all campgrounds and $75 for group sites. So from $15 to $30, that's a 50% increase. According to the Park uh, Service website, group campsites in Shenandoah usually range from $45 the 50 bucks there is no fee for people who choose to skip the campground and camp in the backcountry that specifically statement is for appalachian trail through hikers but that will change in 2023 or later backpackers already have uh, to go through a online permit system according to the national park service most other parks require a backcountry permit fee so there you go there you guys go first the smoky mountains started that about what seven years ago that you had to pay a fee to go through hike the smokies shenandoah's here we go um that is also coming down the pike the number of people legally allowed to enter the boundary waters canoe area that's the bwca kayaking canoeing in the boundary waters right i've been there it's beautiful well usually you go through may and september and you have to get a permit to go we are reducing quota across the forest at entry points where we frequently get comments from visitors about congestion crowding or natural resource degradation says uh, public affairs specialist Joanna Gilkson. Um, so they're going to be reducing the permits that are going to be allowing the number of people to go back into the boundary waters at designated camp areas. Each year from May to September 3rd, 30th, visitors taking an overnight paddle or hiking trip or a, mo a motorized day trip into the BWCA are required to obtain a quota permit. 
With permits in high demand during recent paddling seasons, particularly during the last two years of mid-COVID-19 pandemic, some canoeists struggle to find available campsites, particularly near popular lakes. This change will be implemented in the upcoming 2022 permit season, Gilkland said. We're optimistic that some reductions in quota will improve the overall visitor experience and, of course, benefit the wilderness. In other words, they just don't have the staff to um, to complement all the people that are coming in to these parks. They just don't have the staff. So instead of bringing in more staff, they're going to reduce the number of people that can get into the parks. So it looks like fees are increasing. Permits will get harder and overcrowding will be all up to be served in 2022. Of course, we predicted this. In April of 2020, on on episode 150, will the outdoors be the new normal? Apparently, we were right, and apparently, it is. Judge weighs pausing Georgia spaceport land deal for voters. Opponents of a planned commercial spaceport on the Georgia coast asked a judge Tuesday to stop local officials from buying land for the commercial launch pad as they seek a special election that would let voters decide whether the deal should happen. Opponents say there's no guarantee the project will deliver any economic growth, and the proposed location poses threats to nearby barrier islands, including the National Park Service and Cumberland Island. Counties plan to launch small rockets over two barrier islands pose a risk of explosive misfires that could rain fiery debris onto Cumberland Island, specifically a federally protected wilderness visited by about 60,000 campers a year. We've backpacked Cumberland Island before. It's a beautiful island, very rich in historical um you know, houses, people still own it. It's a, it's one of those islands where it's private, wilderness, it's a national park. So you get a whole bunch of different things going on at the same time. And yeah, I'm not really sure I'd want to see fiery rockets go overhead Cumberland and the potential of landing one on my tent. Um, but that's a huge debate for Georgia to decide. But yeah, Georgia wants to build, build a spaceport and launch rockets over Cumberland Island National Park. What you what do you guys think about that? Um, news: Tourists daring to visit Alaska's Denali National Park and Preserve are advised to be ready to run because the park moose population has become extremely cranky. There's been a record-breaking five feet of snow that blankets the park and armpit-deep wallow. Officials say, and temperatures have been a consistent. Minus 40 degrees, officials say. Moose are not handling the situation well. It's given it's nearly impossible for them to walk. The moose around the park are highly stressed out, Denali officials wrote on their Facebook page. Even though there are some pretty big animals, they can be extremely quiet. If downright sneaky sometimes, they seem to come out of nowhere. Be ready to run if needed. Part of the problem is moose are now gravitating to spots cleared by snow removal and by maintenance crews. And those are same roads, parking lots, and sidewalks that visitors tend to linger in. Moose can weigh up to 1,400 pounds. They have always had a reputation for being aggressive if they feel threatened. Experts say the snow has worsened their paranoia. 
So along as the as well as the Musa being paranoid about the government spying on them, they are now paranoid apparently about the deep snow and people walking on sidewalks. We're probably wondering what people are saying about them. I can understand Amusa's paranoia. Uh, that is happening at Denali National Park. I find it pretty funny that officials that we pay a lot of money to determine safety and regulate wildlife and to regulate borders and to take care of our national parks, their expert advice is run as fast as you can. <laughs> oh, boy. The National Park Service reported December 31st that Denali National Park and Preserve had broken a series of weather records dating back to 1923. The site saw 74.5 inches of snow last month and nearly 55 inches of it fell the week of December 23rd and 29th. That's a lot of snow, folks. Um, so uh, we'll... we'll uh, We'll keep you informed on um, any kind of moose activity in Denali National Park, although I would imagine people are running for their lives at this point. Uh, in other news, great news for veterans. This is this is really great news. Uh, and Gold Star Families, a new law giving them free access to national parks for life. These treasured places also offer veterans, active duty members, and their families meaningful experiences and places of solace and recreation. In my opinion, that's long overdue. Uh, military families, active military members should have had free access to national parks a long time ago. So I'm glad that is finally happening. Uh, nothing like um, getting away from it all and visiting a national park. So good for the National Park Service. And here's some sad news to report. 20 of Yellowstone National Park's renowned gray wolves from that have been roaming the park uh, were shot by hunters in recent months. Uh, the most killed by uh, hunting in a single season since the animals were reintroduced to the region more than 25 years ago, according to park officials. One pack, the Phantom Lake Pack, is now considered eliminated after most of all of its members were killed over two-month span beginning in October, according to the park. We were there uh, in October, and what's happening is it's not happening in the national park. The wolves are breaching the national park boundaries, and of course, up in that area, it's all ranch land up there, okay? So you have a lot of ranchers that have a lot of different kinds of livestock. These wolves are going in, and they're getting into uh, private land ownership, and these hunters are going out and, and killing these wolves. So, And wolves always hunt in packs. So uh, very, very uh, sad news in that, um, you know, in that uh, now there's only an estimated of 94 wolves remain in Yellowstone. The good news is, is that Yellowstone has had a lot of snow this year. Wolves hunt much better. The more snow in Yellowstone the better it is for the wolf population uh, because bison don't run very well in snow. Wolves run excellent in snow. And so hopefully uh, it'll be a good year for the wolf population in Yellowstone. Uh, they're trying to ban, they've asked the governor to ban hunting uh, wolves of, of, of any kind uh, for a while just to you know, try to, to help out that population. Once a wolf exits the park and enters land in the state of Montana, it may be harvested pursuit to regulations established by the State Wildlife Commission under Montana law, which is that's 
that's the problem. Uh, park officials said in a statement to AP that the dust marked a significant setback to the species' long-term viability and for wolf research. So crossing our fingers that the wolves can definitely uh, have a rebound. On a personal note, when we were in Yellowstone, we were able to see wolf pups. We were able to see wolves. It's very, very, uh, it's a very exciting moment. And um, it really does run into the pure nature of Yellowstone, prey versus predator, and then be able to see that happen sometimes. So really, um, some, some sad news, but really hoping for the best for the wolf population in Yellowstone. So you probably noticed by now, a major winter storm has impacted the Appalachian Trail from January 15th, lasting through this last Monday, January 17th, from Georgia to Maine. The trail is expected to see heavy snowfall, and boy, did they get it. A lot of snowfall, sleet, freezing rain, below freezing temperatures. AT hikers should use extreme caution and prepare for downed trees, ice, and slippery trail conditions. Current weather conditions can be monitored via the National Weather Service at weather.gov, specifically for all the states that the Appalachian Trail runs through. Due to extreme weather expected, some roads and recreation areas in the Chattahoochee National Forest, 0 to 77, will be closed. That's the beginning of the AT. That's probably around Amicalola State Park in the Chattahoochee National Forest. That's probably from... Uh, Emma Kalola, back in uh, back in Nimble Road, Nimble Road, back there. I believe that's um, Forest Road 77 that goes all the way up to Springer and then crosses, and you can go all the way to Hawk Mountain. You can go all the way to Goose, um, and then of course you go um, come out of uh, there, and you can get up to Blood Mountain Wilderness. So be very careful. That's a very very treacherous. Uh, part of Georgia when there's a lot of heavy snowfall. So be very careful out there um, if you're going to do some winter hiking up there. Uh, It's going to be a snowy weekend in the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. Hazardous conditions are expected on trails and roads. Use extreme caution if you choose to visit the park according to the Smoky Mountain National Park uh, and the National Park Service. If you're looking for road conditions, the best, the best in the world is um, Smokies Smokies Road NPS? That's their Twitter handle. That's at Smokies Road NPS. I'll put a, a link um, below so you can kind of check it out. That's on Twitter. They're the best, and they are current. They're up to date, and they are quick for road closures in and around the Smoky Mountain National Park. Newfoundland Gap, by the way, on the Appalachian Trail, uh, received 15 inches of snow. So I'm almost positive 441 is closed. So uh, get your snowshoes on, folks. Um, get your crampons on. Uh, that's going to be uh, some treacherous uh, hiking and possibly driving. Um, but it's absolutely beautiful up there with that much snow. Um, probably be good to uh, catch up on your snow cave Um expertise when backpacking in 15 inches of snow, especially up on that ridge where it can get pretty windy. Um, so... We have a question for you. Um, Many parks have closed throughout the pandemic, uh, but of the 63 national parks managed by the National Park Service, only one always is always closed during winter. One national park completely closed during winter, and in part because it's so remote. It's one place to find the snow Shoe hair. That's a hint. 
where is this park? Uh, post a comment below if you think you know where that park is. We've been on, we've been at that park um, and have backpacked um, uh, in that park. It's a beautiful area, but I would love to see if you know where that is. Your only park in the National Park Service that is completely closed to visitors during winter because it's so remote so that is trail news for january 2022 thank you guys so much for listening if you enjoy this podcast and would like to show some love go to trustletrailpodcast.com click on our merch link we've partnered up with spring.com and we've got trust the trail coffee cups trust the trail hoodies trust the trail sweatshirts um it's we've got all your favorite sayings on there embrace the suck is one of them shout outs to our lovely and amazing facebook members and our patrons who we couldn't do this podcast without you appreciate all the support and everybody who's hung in with us for such a long time richard curry Angela Salas, Kim Caverman, Brother Bell, Jill Lang, E.J. Newell, Helling Prophet, Bob Esser, Danny Bowen, Jack Masters, Lisa Pruitt, Brad Wolf, Suzanne Johnson, Jessica Wolfen, Jordan Landcrack, Suzanne Adams, Kevin Frost, Gina Purcell, and Dean Dowsett. If you don't know what Patreon is, Patreon is a secure platform that lets you support your favorite podcast. All you need to do is create an account and go to Trust the Trail Podcast. And as little as $2 a month, get special benefits for exclusive content, especially early content. All of our episodes always go on Patreon first. And now Trail News will go on as a separate audio bi-weekly, which means, uh-oh, podcasts each and every week on our Patreon page. Our podcasts are available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the big ones. We're, we're even now on Facebook, so, and we're on Amazon. If we're not on one that you listen to, please let us know, and we'll make sure that we are. You can follow us on Instagram, Trust the Trail, and or Trust the Trail Facebook page. So remember, when moose are paranoid, the trail does give you everything you need. More importantly, self-confidence and the ability to build self-esteem. So trust the trail. Bye, you guys.